Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Thank you so much for watching us or listening to us today. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am in the wonderful state of South Dakota. I'm also joined by my brother Jacob Johnson, who is in Pennsylvania. Hello. So, yeah, we're all here. Um... Don't forget, go to trdshow.net. That is our show's website. You can find all sorts of really cool information about the show, share it with friends, and, uh, you know, earn a free mug, t-shirt, or sticker, or multiple free mugs, stickers, and t-shirts. Change the order so it's less monotonous. Um, And also, we've got links to all of the many platforms that we're on, including Getter and Gab. And if you'd like to see us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, what's the other one? Instagram, Instantgram. If you want us on some of those, you know, big tech platforms, just because that's where you are and you think a lot of other people who need to uh, hear our content or would be at least intrigued by our content and would push them to further study in the word of God, then um, let us know if you'd like to see us on those platforms, because... We haven't been until now, and we're thinking about it. So we want your advice and your opinion and perspective. Send us those emails with those perspectives, opinions, and uh, words of advice by going to trdshow at protonmail.com, sending your emails there. Also, you can go to trdshow.net, scroll to the bottom of the the homepage, the homepage, homepage. That's where we have a contact form. Contact us that way if you don't like sending emails for some reason. Don't forget, this is is Topic Friday. We've got a topic today. So... But, you know, eventually our list of topics is going to run out. It's going to run dry at some point. So we need your topic ideas. We got one from Gabriel last week, and we really appreciated that. Turned it into a whole episode, which was awesome. Maybe your topic idea could be the next one we discuss on the show. What questions or differing perspectives do you have that you'd like to share with us? Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. Today, we're talking about the distinction between judging and discerning judging and discerning those are like what does that mean what how does this tie into my life how does this tie into biblical principles there is a lot here we're going to talk about so you know get ready for that buckle in um but before we get to that we have to talk about the verse of the week and our our verse this week is psalm chapter one verses one through two and it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night and again that's psalm chapter one verses one through two wow there's a lot in there huge two verses so much there to break down and we've actually done that on our Monday and Wednesday episodes. So if you missed either of those episodes, go back and check them out. We talk about a lot of really cool stuff there. Um, but, you know, one thing that I will reiterate reiterate from our Wednesday episode is um, these are three verbs in verse one. We're talking about walk. We're talking about walking, standing, and sitting. What do humans do for most of the day? One of those three activities generally, right? Walk, stand, and sit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna we're either walking, we're standing, or we're sitting. This is like pretty all encompassing, inclusive of all the actions. So whether we're walking down a road, which here, you know, standing uh, whether we're standing in a particular place in the city, whether we are um um uh, you know, sitting wherever we wherever we're sitting, you know, all of these things, this kind of applies to in all situations we might find ourselves in, where we're either sitting, standing, or walking, 
which is, you know, everything. Um, <laughs> we're usually doing one of those three things. We should not be in the counsel of the wicked. We should not be in the with sinners, in the way of sinners, which is not standing against them, which is actually standing and where they congregate, staying where they like to hang out, or being in the seat of scoffers, being around people who are mocking others without, uh, it's not righteously, it's doing it in a wicked way, scoffing at people. So, where to avoid those people. But contrasting that, those are a list of don'ts. But as we know or should know from especially talking about the moral law, we have don'ts, but we also have do's. For every negative in the Ten Commandments, there's a positive. And for every positive, there's a negative. Don't do this. Put off the old man. Put on the new. We can't just put off because then we're an empty shell. We need to put on. We need to be filled with Christ. How do we do that? Our delight should be in the law of the Lord, and on his law, we should meditate day and night. That's what we put on. We put off everything from verse 1. We put off hanging around these people, taking counsel from these people, sitting with scoffers who are making fun of people and mocking them. We put that off. We put to death the old man inside ourselves, the old man of sin, the old creature, and we put on the new. So, sorry, that was longer explanation of that verse but hopefully i covered um at least a portion of what can be said about that anything you'd like to add before we move on jake yeah and i'm 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 about to make it a little bit longer oh but, um, all right go for, <laughs> go for it i like it but i mean taking into account this meditating day and night right we we need to make sure a lot of a lot of people right like to say that oh well well god doesn't talk about what car I should buy or what color <laughs> of car I should buy. Right. And and really like if you're not thinking of everything within this making sure that all that you do doing as unto the Lord and if we're not meditating on his law and understanding what his law is talking about and how, how it applies in its general equity to our lives. <laughs> hey, right? great use of that term. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 with that, you'll see that, sure, all right, God doesn't tell us what car to buy, mm. but he tells us to be thrifty with our money, Ooh. to be careful with our money, Yep. that we shouldn't be buying cars that we can't pay for, Yes. Right. that we shouldn't be going into debt, mm. that we shouldn't be buying a color car that will cost more than a different color car. <laughs> yeah, or also adding to that, if we have... You know, we're supposed to think about the future. We're supposed to uh, treasure children as arrows mm -hmm. in our quiver. If we buy a car that a family can't fit in, if we buy a car that's just present-oriented, yeah. works great for now, but you're not planning for the future, well, uh, maybe you should consider that. Yeah. Yep. yep. So all those things, just about buying a car. Yeah, right. <laughs> How many Which other things in your life does the law of God apply to? Yeah. yeah. I'll answer that one and right we're, now. All of it. <laughs> yeah. And we won't... And we won't know how it applies mm. unless we are meditating yes. day and night. Yes. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. I, you know, I think this conversation was worth having, especially today as we start to go into this topic. Um, because when we're talking about judging versus discerning, you can't discern if you don't know how to discern, if you mm. don't know what it is you are discerning, what are the things you're picking up on? What are the signs that you're looking for? What is it that you are should be on alert for? We can't know that unless 
we're going to the word of God and we're meditating on his law and we know what truth and what righteousness actually looks like. So, um, yeah, that's great. Dude, thanks for bringing that up. It's awesome. All right, let's move into this. So, judging versus discerning. There's, that's like, wait, uh, what, what is that? What does that mean? What is, what does all of that mean? So, discerning is we are attempting to separate. We're attempting to get into the weeds and, and, and discern, figure out whether something is good or not. Discerning is biblical. That's the first point that I, I want to get into here is that discernment is biblical. And and maybe maybe even discerning to most people is not really like, oh yeah, you're supposed to discern, you're supposed to make decisions. But a word which we don't quite understand as also fitting in with this word discerning is discrimination. Mm. Discriminating. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's also discerning. Mm. And we've changed kind of the definition of it a little bit, like a lot of different words. <laughs> but that's basically, for, to an extent, right? I'm not talking about judging people based on the color of their skin. That's not what I'm talking about, yeah. obviously. I would not advocate for that. Never. But making judgment calls, making um, decisions, and discerning and discriminating against yes. one person versus another. Based on the content so. of their character. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Martin Luther King Jr. would say, right? Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to break down a little bit of, of how that actually kind of plays out in real life as well. There's some of those, those broad principles. Um, so, you know, I think first verse to talk about this right at the top of the list is our verse of the week, actually, Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That's, that's top of the list. I mean, this is telling us that there are people who are not good. There are people that we should not be spending all of our time with. There are people who we should not be in the company of. So you have to discern who is wicked, who is a sinner, and who is a scoffer. Those are those three things, wicked, sinners, and scoffers. Also, all of those actions, walking, sitting, standing, are talking about seeking out and hanging around those people, not to give them the gospel, but to find counsel with them, right? So obviously, we're not saying that it's, it's wrong. In fact, we're called to go out into the world. It's not wrong to evangelize and, and change people, but that should be our goal. We are not to take part of uh, the, the secret acts of evil, but we're instead supposed to expose them right? So we're not supposed to sit with these people and these conniving people with their steepled fingers, right? <laughs> we're not supposed to <laughs> participate in that scheming, that scoffing, that wickedness, that sinfulness. We are to expose it and change it. That is our mission. So we need to discern who is wicked, who is a sinner, and who is a scoffer. We need to discern that. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we're called by command here in Romans 12 verse 2 to test and discern. We are not to be people who just accept things 
arbitrarily. We are not to be people who just hang out with people uh, or hang out with crowds just because we eh, makes us feel good. We kind of like kind of like hmm. them, right? Um, we are supposed to discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Solomon, in First Kings chapter three verse nine, prayed that God would give him an understanding mind, an understanding mind, so that he could discern between good and evil. That's directly from the quote, or directly from the verse, quoted directly from that, to discern between good and evil, to know what is good, to know what is wrong. We are called to know these things. And again, as Jacob was saying earlier, how do we know these things? How can we tell what is good, what is not, what is good, acceptable, and perfect? How do we know that? By spending time in the word, by meditating, by making it our delight, making the law of God, as, as David says elsewhere in Psalms, that uh, his soul pants as a deer pants for water, so my soul pants for the law of God, for God. That's that's to be our perspective um, elsewhere in, in, in uh, Proverbs. And actually Ecclesiastes and parts of Psalms we're told to seek wisdom, seek this discernment, this frame of mind as if we were seeking silver, as if we were seeking gold. That's how valuable God's law is to us. It's like gold. It's better than gold. Um, so all throughout scripture, this is a high priority. Uh, I wanted, go ahead. I wanted to also bring up another verse, which um, you don't have, but in Hebrews 4, verse Ooh, 12, it says... I was going to Hebrews 5. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any yes. two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning mm. the thoughts... Sorry. Yep. Thoughts and the, intents sorry, of the there heart. We go. Thoughts and intentions of the heart. There yeah. we go. Yeah. That's a really good one. That is a really good one. Yeah. And that's explicitly stating the word of God is, it's a sword. It's sharper than anything else on earth. It is, as we, well, you know, we went through Always Ready by Greg Bonson. And he just stressed over and over and over again the importance of the word of God being our only ultimate standard. That's our self-evidencing ultimate standard that all of our argumentation falls back on is the word of God. That's our foundation for all of life. And as Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and of wisdom. So yeah, that's, that's a really great verse for adding to that conversation and saying that it discerns hearts, uh, intentions of the heart. Um, it separates the good from the wrong. It cuts to the heart of the matter when you read through God's word. Awesome. Thanks for bringing that up, Jake. Um, I'm going to go to Hebrews as well. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 15 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. And by the way, before I go further, this is Paul reprimand. Well, we say Paul. It is the writer of Hebrews reprimanding the people of this church for dropping the ball essentially, for not doing what they are called to do. And so he says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of, unrighte or, uh, in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their, and key phrase, for, their, who, for uh, those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant 
practice to distinguish good from evil, end quote. So, again, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. So, yet another call that this is who we don't want to be. We don't want to be immature Christians who need the, the milk of the word, who are unskilled in the word of righteousness, who are not, uh, who don't have powers of discernment trained by constant practice. This is constant practice. This is constantly walking through what the Bible says. Well, what does the Bible say about how I should do this? What does the Bible say about my work? What does it say about this part of society? What does it say about traffic laws? What does it say about all of these areas of society? Every area we should be practicing distinguishing between good and evil, not practicing relying on our own wisdom, not practicing being baby Christians and saying, you know what? I don't think I need the word of God for this. I think I can do it on my own. Let's do it. Let's see if I can do this myself. And that's where you get people like Charles Darwin and Marx, Karl Marx. Do not lean on your own, under- yes. own understanding. Yes. Spot on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We need to have our powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That's our goal as Christians. That is what we should be working towards. All right. So that is discernment. <laughs> there is a lot there. We spent a long time talking about discernment. Um, and actually, you know, next week we're going to be talking on the um, on our topic episode about a, a topic that kind of relates to this as well and talking about the, the kind of company you keep, the people you have around you. And this is kind of a precursor to that conversation. This sets up the um, importance. This is our, our call to look for specific, look to the Bible to know who we surround ourselves with. And the next week we're going to get into specific passages that talk about what are the qualities of the people that we should get counsel from, we should be surrounded by. So this kind of sets that whole conversation up. Uh, Before I move into the second half of this, Jake, is there anything you'd like to add to this conversation? Nope. I think I've exhausted my points. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Um, So, okay. So we've talked about discernment, right? We've, we've kind of really fleshed out that the Bible calls us to discern. The Bible calls something's bad, something's good. The Bible clearly tells us that we shouldn't hang around people who are bad. We shouldn't condone their actions. And in fact, we should be fixing it. We should be exposing hmm. it. We should be aggressive and undermining evil acts, undermining the evil in this world. We're to go and... Actually, you brought this up. I don't know if you brought this up during the break or if you brought it up in our last episode, but the gates of hell will not prevail against us, right? Those are defenses. Yeah. We're on, we as Christians are on the offense now. That's our perspective here. But a lot of times, for obvious reasons, the unbelieving world doesn't like that. They don't like it when, and by they, um, we mean the devil. We mean the one who is uh, ultimately behind them. He doesn't like it when Christians go on the offensive. He doesn't like it when we have the power of Christ and we bring that to bear on the world because that can do some marvelous things and from his perspective, horrifying things to his kingdom. But so what he likes to do and and what we see is unbelievers like to take scripture and twist it 
twist it to mean something that they want it to mean, to make us less effective, to tone down our aggression, <laughs> basically, and to make us less potent. And so what they'll say all the time is, judge not lest you be judged. You can't judge me. Right, if you're going out and you're saying that homosexuality is wrong, if you're going out and saying that transgenderism is wrong, you're going out and saying that government schools are wrong, uh-uh, judge not lest you be judged, is a common occurrence. <laughs> Just like the Romans 13 passage that we talked about on our Wednesday episode, where Christians, unfortunately, that's not even coming from the outside most of the time, that's on the inside, right? The, the problem is on the inside of the camp. It's the Christians who bring up Romans 13 and say we yeah. should just do whatever, because... Because Romans 13 says, do whatever the civil government says, which it doesn't, and we talked about that on Wednesday. So, in the same way, secularists bring up this passage and say, nope, judge not, lest you be judged. So, let's break that down a little bit. Um, Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-6, through 6, gives context to several statements we find throughout the New Testament in regards to judging fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. In verse 6, he says, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. That's important. Those two key phrases. Don't go beyond what is written and do not be puffed up in favor of one against another. Paul is explaining that judging and condemning others within the church on matters that are not forbidden in scripture is wrong. In theological terms, we call this legalism, and we're very much against that. I think I speak for both of us when I say that's yeah. not good, <laughs> right? Yeah, certainly. Um, certainly. Yeah, so what would be an example of legalism, just so we can like give a practical example of this? Um, I can think of like music, for example, like, oh, yeah. Some Christians look down on other Christians for listening to rap music, for example, and say that, how could you do that? That's that's not good. That's not right. Even if it's Christian rap, that's not that's not good. You should only listen to, you know, this other style of music that I like, right? <laughs> yeah. Or or watching TV yes. or, or reading books. Yes. Yeah. Or, our re, you know, recent example, we talked about video games. Same deal. Yeah. Like, how could you play video games? You should be doing this instead, right? Yeah. This is exactly what Paul is talking about. You are puffing yourself up in favor mm. of one against another. You're saying that my lifestyle is better than yours because I don't play video games. Now, the other person may not make video games an idol in their life. And they may just do it to relax, just like God has given us alcohol to relax, given us wine and beer so that we can relax at the end of a day or what have you. He's given us all. All other means of recreation, such as video games, sports, music, all sorts of things. And to, um, to go beyond what's written, to say that these people are in sin, to condemn them, and to not hang around them anymore because of that is wrong. That's exactly what 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-6 through 6 is, is speaking very strongly against. Don't be puffed up in favor of one against another. Anything you want to add before I move on, Jake? Nope. Okay. Nope. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to move on to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And this is the passage that uh, 
they like to use all the time. Um, Christ is saying, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Notice the, 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 um, what do you call that? The juxtaposition, if you will, one to the other, the, the speck in your brother's eye, the log in your own eye. Um, continuing, he said, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye, you hypocrite. Here's this next part. This is really important. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. That is Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Okay, this is like, using our example from earlier, this is the equivalent of someone who is, I don't know, super, super highly addicted to video games. They can't do anything else. This fully engulfs their life. This is all they can think about. It's all they do. They're sitting in church Sunday morning and all they can think about are video games. And then they see someone else who, um, I don't know, plays uh, rap music a lot but it's like Christian rap. This person who's playing these video games all the time is thinking in to themselves, oh my goodness, how can they do that? How can they listen to this kind of music? I hate this music. What? Ugh. They're not Christians. So finally they go and they confront them. They're like, how can you do this? This isn't right. I don't think I can hang around you if you do this. What are they doing at that point? When they're putting a vi- like video games, these idolatrous you know, making this an idol in their life, putting it ahead of God. What they're doing is that's a log, massive log in their eye. And they're trying to take the speck out of their brother's eye. Um, Christ here in Matthew 7 is talking about making sure you're right with God before you start casting aspersions on other people for the very same thing that you're guilty of doing. In verse 5, he tells us to first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So there's still an action here. There's still a problem that needs to be dealt with. You just need to deal with your heart problem first. You need to make sure that you aren't approaching this situation with bias. You aren't approaching this situation in the same uh, sin to a much greater extent. It's a log. It's way bigger than a speck, right? So you're dealing with the same sin in your life, and it's way bigger, (laughs) way bigger proportions, and you're trying to help them, really? Um, But... This is still, there's still action here. It's not wrong to confront sin. It's not wrong if it's truly sin. Um, before we get to Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, which is kind of the next passage I want to chat about. We only have about four minutes left. But before I get there, I want to read a little bit uh, before that to provide some context. So Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 29 says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, and on and on it goes. It's a very long list, and that's Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 29, which fortunately, unfortunately, describes a large majority of the American populace today, and much Hmm. of the world, unfortunately. Um, so that's context. These are the people that Paul is speaking to here. Okay. Romans chapter two, verses one through three says, therefore you have no excuse. O man, every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on one another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge 
practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? So there's a lot here. This verse, I mean, and I really think it needs the context of the end of Romans 1 to understand who Paul is speaking to here, right? Because we could pull that out of context and make it seem like he's speaking to just anybody. And in a sense, he is. We need to all guard our hearts against this. But he is speaking to a very specific group of people here. He says, because you, the judge, now he's describing the judge. The judge practices the very same things. So right there, it tells us exactly what Matthew 7 was also talking about. Pull the log out of your own eye, right? If you're practicing the same thing that you're trying to correct someone else for, you have a problem. And actually, what's really interesting and fascinating here is that Paul kind of gives us an insight into those motivations, right? Those psychological motivations, if you will. He says, uh, do you suppose, oh man, so this is kind of like reasoning. Like, what, what is this your reasoning? Do you reason this way? Is this how you're thinking? Your core motivation is that um, by judging else, by judging someone else for this sin, you will escape the judgment from God. You kind of make, you, you placate yourself. You make yourself seem good about yourself because, oh, good, I've stopped someone else from sinning. I've talked to them about it. I've helped correct their life. So maybe God won't judge me as harshly for dealing with the same thing to a much greater extent. He's kind of getting at the motivations here. Do you suppose, oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God. So I thought that was that was fascinating. So hopefully we've kind of described this this whole we've painted this this picture about really addressing legalism, addressing the things that uh, the the world likes to bring up. When you hear this brought up, and it comes up so many times, up oh, judge not lest you be judged. Okay, do you really understand what that's talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just some key things to remember. First of all, there's still action required. Uh, pull the speck out of your brother's eye is the last part of that statement. There's still action required. You're still called to go confront evil and darkness. This is not a call to sit in the middle of or sit in the corner of a room and do nothing. That's not what this is called. What this is a call for is twofold. One, deal with the sin in your heart. And this is hard to come to grips with for everyone who is a human fallen human being um uh this is a uh what is that i think it's timothy this is a worthy um saying and worthy of all acceptation that christ jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom i am chief that should be mm. our perspective all the time we are the chief of sinners so this is difficult for us to say that we need to deal with the sin in our own heart before we address the sin of others but that's step one. That's vitally important is that we are right before God. We're dealing with that sin. Step two, Christ here is still calling us to go and deal with sin. Still calling us to take the speck out of our brother's eye. This is vitally important that we deal with the sin in our own hearts and then we help others deal with their sin as well. Anything you want to add, Jake, before we, um, before we wrap up today? Uh, no, just for all Christians, be careful of that, that passage judge yeah. not lest you be judged yep that's that is that is a crazy one that is a hard one especially if you don't know what the rest of the context entails yeah but it's very clear once you actually read the passage for itself yep yep yeah excellent and then also remember someone brings this up also tie in romans chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 don't forget to read the context a couple verses before that as well 
All right. Well, thank you all so, so much for joining us this week. Can't believe it's the end of the week. It's been a great week. Um, really enjoyed putting together this content. So send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com if you gained any insights or uh, you'd like to say anything or add anything to our conversation we would really like to hear from you again our email address is trdshow at protonmail.com you can also go to our show website which is trdshow.net and um, that's where you can find a list of links to all the many platforms we're on also scroll to the bottom of that page and you can uh, send us a message through our contact form Um, thank you all so so much and we will see you on Monday and remember everyone in all that you do do as unto the Lord